Hello listeners, welcome to episode 2 of Where They Have Gone and Where We Will Follow. I'm your host, Frida Walsh, and this one's guest is Haley Schust, class of 2015 bio alum, who has had many successful trials in different career paths and taken on the scientific world through an educational and industrial perspective. On this episode, Haley will discuss exploration of career paths, the scientific method, studying, and how she applies science to her life today. Here's her story. Haley Schust. I graduated in class of 2015 with a uh, major in biology. I did get a master's degree from University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, and that degree was in curriculum and instruction with a focus in digital learning. And I currently work for Salesforce as a learning experience designer in the analyst position. Thank you for that introduction, Ms. Schust. What an amazing record. With all that you have been through in your career path, what skills do you feel as if you gained from majoring in biology? Without a doubt, a lot of the problem-solving skills that you use and apply whenever you're in some sort of a science-facing uh, you know, degree, um, those will forever translate really well into real life. So you encounter a challenge, you look at the whole challenge holistically, kind of find the pros and the cons, the variables, and um, apply some of the same scientific method that you would in a lab class to go about solving those problems. So although it might not be you have a control on a bunch of variables, you certainly will have tons of variables and you can exercise those to create different prototypes and then conduct A-B testing and uh, evaluation strategies and all these different methods of trying to gain feedback or gain insight that you can use to form conclusions. So without a doubt, even though I not, might not be using biology in my day to day, I still apply a lot of the same skills that I learned throughout my time at Elon into what I do on a daily basis in my role at Salesforce. It seems as if your choice to major in biology still follows you today. Looking back in time, would you change your major or would you want to stay a bio major, even if you strayed from the field in your current career? I think I gained so much value in majoring in something that I really loved at the time, and biology is still near and dear to my heart, but but what I would like to communicate is that sometimes you go through an entire degree and you're like, oh my gosh, this content is amazing. I love it so much. And then you get out into the real world and you practice it and it becomes a little boring after a while. You want kind of a change of pace. You want a change of scenery and you're like, okay, I've been doing this for, gosh, like four, seven, 10 years. And I just want to see how else I can use these foundational skills in networking and communicating in uh, problem solving and application and evaluation and find other avenues to exercise that. Um, So that's where I, after doing some other careers that were related to biology, I made the transition into just instructional design because that doesn't mean I'm focused on just biology and teaching or the, uh, you know, the design of learning biology. Instead, it was how can I learn any piece of content and then find a way to translate that to a learner in a way that makes sense to them. Um, so I would absolutely go back and major in biology again. The professors were tremendous. Uh, I would like to shout out, uh, Antonio Izzo, Izzo. I don't think I ever pronounced his name right a day in my life, but he was so impactful in my experience and how I got to where I am today because his 
willingness to take me under his wing and do some undergraduate research and kind of guide me along the path was tremendous. Um, half of college is figuring out what you don't like as much as what you do like. And getting involved in as much as you can is one of the best ways to kind of narrow down into what your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and I wouldn't change anything about my Elon career. It had such a lovely way of preparing me for what I would consider now to be like semi-adulthood. I don't feel like I'm totally there yet, but we're making our way into like, all right, I have my day structured out. I know what I'm doing and I'm very confident in my ability to communicate what I do. So we're working our way up to like full adulthood. We're almost there. I'm almost 30. It's going to be here and uh, it's going to slap me across the face in a good way. Well, that's truly amazing because I feel like the overall educational goal is to continue to use your strengths built by your fundamental learning to keep you on a track for your career path. Do you feel as if COVID affected the foundation of the systems you worked in heavily? Oh, certainly. Um, one of the biggest challenges when COVID came around was taking what used to be in-person events, whether it was a learning course or like a, you know, a college course, like what you probably participate in, or a training course, an onboarding course for new hires in a role. The often or the frequent uh, reaction to COVID was, let me just take whatever I have in person and just make it a Zoom online and we'll just conduct it the same way. But very quickly, I think anyone in a company who had a program like that or an educational institution found out that it's not this one-to-one -one transfer. Oftentimes there's a lot of massaging you need to do to the content and the experience to make it enjoyable online. Um, that's like using things like breakout rooms and leveraging all the different features of Zoom, annotations, and um, gosh, uh, a million different things, Jamboards and Google and all of that to make it more engaging in a digital environment. Um, so COVID certainly had an impact on a ton of different organizations, but that's where someone in my role and with my uh, master's degree can definitely assist in a lot of handholding to make that transition from an in-person event to an online event a little bit easier. Um, so it's it's been great for my business, I would say, but holistically, I wouldn't want to have to go through this craziness again. Now we're starting to kind of narrow down what good learning looks like online and what good learning looks like in person and trying to figure out, depending on the size of the experience and the size of the audience, which one you should choose to yield the most success for your learners. Do you feel like your biology degree aided you throughout the pandemic, giving you scientific literature and background knowledge? Oh, without a doubt. It, it helped me seek new sources that I found to be a little bit more reliable. Uh, ones that would cite scientific studies, ones that had empirical evidence of why things are happening the way that they are, are always the ones that I would drive my peers and coworkers toward. Um, because I do have that lens of science is really rooted in uh, foundational, good, consistent practices rather than just what so people on social media are crying out about. Um, I always try to take that lens and encourage other people to do the same because at least you hear consistency as opposed to every other week, depending on what the trends are on TikTok or any other social media that I probably don't have at this moment, just tend not to be your best resources for, uh, for truth. 
Um, So yes, biology lens is super important in other ways than just actually being in college. I still look at scientific studies today to reinforce what good practices I apply in my work or just in my day-to-day life. Um, Science journals are an awesome place to keep learning and it saddens me that people stop looking at them after a while. Um, but they're they're good stuff. I just wish I had access to Elon's lovely, I think it was JSTOR at the time that we had access to, or whatever database we had. Um, but oh, I miss having free access to that because it's expensive yeah. nowadays. Yeah, we are really lucky at Elon to have those resources available to us. It makes the world of difference being educated on different scientific avenues. And you used to be a scientific educator yourself. What do you feel as if the biggest mistake students made was? Oh my gosh, that could be an entire podcast on itself. But alas, <laughs> we do not have the time for that today. Um, so I will preface this by saying I have no regrets about getting into teaching science. Um, I find it to be a bit of a shame that I was assigned to a high school setting right after college because there was a four-year delta between myself and the students I was teaching. And that made it really challenging to have classroom management. Um And my facilitation skills at that point were just lackluster. So in order for me to truly educate these students, I had to do a lot of work on my end to make sure that I was communicating things clearly and I was taking into consideration their prior experiences and trying to weave in that narrative into the way that I taught. But to properly answer your question, I think the things that students are challenged the most with when it comes to science is the question asking aspect of it because whenever science is based in asking questions we all know this but thinking about it through all of these different perspectives is usually where they get really stuck they just want to go to solution or answer first so putting yourself in a position where you can just you know put a haze in front of everything else shut a door in front of it and say okay let's just focus on what's at hand what can i look at what questions can i ask about it even if they're simple questions like okay what color is this this is still a question that you can ask to gain some insight and slowly but surely you start listing off all these things you know and then that makes it very evident to start asking questions about the unknown Um, So I would always try to structure whatever lab or activity we were doing so that students were forced to spend a lot of time asking questions, even if they were silly questions, even if there were ones that could never be answered, like what if we shoot this off into space, what would happen then? We can't perform that activity, but it's an interesting question to ask because that leads to plenty of interesting discussion. Um, So question asking was a certain emphasis in my classrooms and um, something that I still struggle with today in in my field. Um, Asking questions is one of the only ways that you can force yourself into a different perspective a lot of the time. And like right now I help onboard account executives. I've never been an account executive. I couldn't sell anything if I needed to. If you want a piece of paper, I'd hold it out in front of you and be like, can I sell you this? I don't, I don't know how any of that works. It's not for me, but in order to put myself in their shoes, I start asking my questions like, what do they care about? What's in it for them? What are the motives that drives them to want to sell this customer? What are some of the sales plays they want to use in order to sell to this customer? So by generating these questions, I can keep myself in the perspective of the learner while also helping to address a lot of the needs I have in my to-do list. Yes, that's so important to highlight that asking questions is the basis of science and what we need to succeed. That also leads into my next question. 
wondering if you feel like the scientific method is something you use today in your designing and thinking for your job. An astounding yes. An astounding most certainly yes. Again, it's not about really having a control and um, testing against a control, but there are often a million different variables. I mean, shoot, something as simple as the design of a button can be in question for months at a time um, because you just, you want to get it right and you want to understand what people's eyes are drawn towards or why they might want to click on something that has, um, you know, a hover effect when you go to click on it as opposed to something that just has a change in the color of the outline. It's wild the amount of alignment user experience design has to a lot of the scientific method and the labs that I performed when I was at Elon. So it's all super interesting stuff. And if I had more time and energy, I would love to write a paper about it, but maybe in another life. <laughs> I completely agree that the scientific method and design goes hand in hand. For designing, you need to ask a question, run experiments, find the best outlet. And that is the same as the scientific method, essentially. My next question is that a lot of bio students feel stuck within a science career after they get their degree, feeling as if they can't branch out. What advice would you give those students? I am happy to say that more and more it's becoming less of a faux pas to jump around to different organizations and businesses. Um, my mantra is that you can do anything for a year. You can hate your job. It can be very challenging. You can have such dissonance with the people that you work with, but you can tough it out for a year and get your job done. So if you find yourself in a career path where you're questioning how happy you are or you can't really strike that work-life balance, seek out other jobs. A apply to a million different places if you have to. Yes, it can be extremely disheartening to never get a response or to go through the entire interview process and then be told no at the very end. But the more that happens, the more you can, you know, slap some band-aids on and just realize this is the way of the world and keep trying. Um, I, gosh, when was it? Probably about three years ago in the midst of the pandemic, I wasn't liking my position very much. I wanted to find something new, um, something that challenged me a little bit more and allowed me to emphasize my instructional design muscle. And I applied to, gosh, probably 15, 16 places and only ended up interviewing at two. I ended up getting one of the roles, which is tremendous, but I have been through that myself. It's very disheartening. Keep at it. Um, don't, ever question your your ability just work on your story work on selling yourself and the better you get at that and the more you can point to examples of stuff that you've done or ideas that you have things you want to implement then that's usually a great indicator for the employer to say hey let's keep an eye on this person um and a side note to that is networking is super important we all love social media. I love my Instagram, but rather than using it just to show your favorite dog pictures or whatever food you're eating that weekend, consider following some accounts that are career related. See what people are getting into, seeing, see how they're building their career. And there are so many ways to be your own boss nowadays too. Um, it's the world is changing. So it's not this traditional view of like, okay, you get into a company and then you're going to work there the next 50 years and that's your life. It doesn't need to be like that anymore. It's encouraged to jump around and to move to places and have new experiences and shoot at Salesforce. This is a thing called boomeranging where you 
are there for a few years, gain some experience, you leave for a different company or a competitor, and then work there a few more years, and you come back at a higher level and pay grade than before. So um, a lot of opportunities out there. It's just about having patience and then giving yourself grace when people say no and say, listen, it might not be about me. Let me just work on my story and improve myself a little bit. Take a little bit of time between those no's, you know, lick your wounds, feel bad for yourself for a little bit, but ultimately it's going to be okay. There are other jobs out there and there always will be. Technology is growing at a crazy rate. There'll be jobs for you. There's no doubt about that. I think that's great advice, especially because in a science major, we tend to get burnt out and just not know how to relieve ourselves. And the rates of like physicians and just scientists of like suicide and depression because they feel stuck with world and let down by their research is just heartbreaking. So it's really to acknowledge that you could step outside of your career field and do whatever you want and come back or keep Mm -hmm. going and improve somewhere else. If you had one piece of advice for your college self on exams, jobs, etc., what would you go back and tell her? I would tell myself to stick with science. Um, I'm a very analytical person. I love data. And science is really good about blending in um, quantitative and qualitative data. And learning can employ both of those because, of course, there's, you know, a a grade scale where you can have 100 or you can have a zero on something. And you, as you, you know, go throughout your college career, you might be able to map out that, oh, I've noticed that whenever I studied four tests at least a week in advance, I have a higher grade point average than if I studied the day before. And by understanding those connections and those correlations and events, you can extrapolate that out to other things in your life. Um, so be a little bit more analytical in the way that you approach whatever task you have at hand, whether it's assignment, whether it's a lab, whether it's a, um, social opportunity that you have with people is start to notice those correlations between what you're doing and how it makes you feel. Um, that's something that I feel like took me a little bit of time to understand and learn about myself because at Elon, it was all about just trying to do every, like do as much as I can in the amount of time that I could. So go to all the, you know, social events that I can try to get to all my classes, do my homework. And before you know it, you kind of forget about yourself in the midst. Um, But if you start noticing that, Hey, when I go see this friend or set up a lunch every Thursday with this person, that makes me happy. So let me commit to that. I know I have to go to my classes, so that's already out of the question to skip any of them. But you know what? Sometimes you just don't have the energy. So pick one day a month that you might say to a professor, hey, not feeling well, let me take a mental health day for myself and just give myself that grace. Um, So start to notice kind of the trends in your life and make decisions based on those trends that you see. That would probably be the advice to my my younger self. using that analytical lens, um, but also trying to hit strike that balance that's often really hard to find. Yeah, I agree. And as scientists, I feel as if we forget to give ourselves grace because the world is ever-changing and science always has new discoveries. So we put ourselves in a competitive mind state and forget to take a breath and realize that it is okay to be a person first. My final question is, what is one thing you find super important that helped you advance further in your career and in your education? 
talk to as many people as you can and just pick their brains. Um, let them talk at you, sit there and listen, take it all in. Uh, I, I, I understand how it can get kind of exhausting, especially if you're someone who's a bit more introverted like myself. Um, it's difficult to constantly be in that networking position to get on LinkedIn and talk to people there, to go to my classes and talk to people there and email with professors and talk to stakeholders now in my, in my current roles. Um, but doing all that stuff is really useful for growth. Uh, I have a, um, uh, a promise to myself, I suppose I'll call it. Um, it's part of a bigger, more structured document that's in Salesforce called a, a V2 mom, but I won't get into any of that. But we set out goals for the year. And one of my goals is to meet with someone new every single month. Um, so I will pick a random person that I find. I just see them posting a lot of different channels. Their voice is very loud. And I'll put 30 minutes, even 15 on their calendar and say, hey, let's just get up and meet. I would love to get coffee with you. And when I say coffee, it's digital coffee. We're both just sitting there with our mugs in hand. But it's so great because by asking some of the same questions, like how did you end up at Salesforce? Uh, what interests you? What are your aspirations while you work here? Has expanded my network in such a lovely way that whenever I feel like I need support or second eyes on something, I have a plethora of people that I can reach out to that are more than happy to help. And it goes both ways. I've learned a tremendous amount from them and they've expressed that I've been able to teach them things about accessibility and subject matter and that I'm interested in. So it's that lovely give and take um, that is a part of networking. Yeah, it's tired. And yes, I definitely need to recharge my social batteries after a while and just be quiet for a bit. But um it's, it's truly important to continue to engage with people and have discourse because that's the only way you're going to learn from other people's mistakes and they can learn from yours as well and celebrate each other's victories. Um, and all that is really good stuff. Yeah, I agree. The best thing you can do in any career path or walk of life is just to interact and socially network. It gets you so many avenues in places you never thought you would be. Thank you. Miss Just for letting me interview you and thank you listeners for tuning in for where they have gone and where we will follow. <laughs>